Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I learned to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 11, entitled Sustainable Cities and Communities. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient and sustainable. This includes goals to ensure access to adequate, safe and affordable housing for all and upgrade slums, and to also ensure access to safe, affordable, accessible and sustainable transport systems for all, paying special attention to the needs of women, children, people with disabilities and older people. SDG 11 also aims to strengthen efforts to protect the world's cultural and natural heritage and make urbanisation more inclusive and sustainable through participatory human settlement planning and management in all countries. The UN also want to reduce the adverse impact of cities on the environment, provide universal access to safe, inclusive and accessible green public space, and significantly reduce the death toll and economic loss of disasters. The UN hope to achieve this through a variety of methods, such as strengthening national and regional development planning to encourage positive economic, social and environmental links between urban, peri-urban and rural areas, and by supporting low-income countries through financial and technical assistance to facilitate building sustainable and resilient buildings using local materials. The UN also wants to substantially increase the number of human settlements adopting and implementing integrated policies for inclusion, resource efficiency, climate change, mitigation and adaptation, and resilience to disasters. So how close are we to achieving those goals? As of 2018, over 1 billion people live in slums, which represents about 24% of the global urban population. These people living in cramped conditions with shared toilet facilities, no running water at home, few or no waste management systems, overcrowded public transport and limited access to formal healthcare facilities are most at risk from the COVID-19 pandemic, especially since over 90% of COVID-19 cases have been in urban areas. And since many people who live in slums work in the informal sector, they are most at risk of losing their livelihoods as cities shut down. For this reason, the UN is calling for urgent response plans to prepare for and respond to outbreaks in informal settlements and slums. Unfortunately, only about half the world's population have convenient access to public transport, according to the UN's definition, and in 2016 it was reported that nearly 90% of people living in urban areas were breathing air that did not meet the WHO's air quality guidelines. But, on average, approximately 46.7% of people in cities can obtain access to open public spaces within 400 metres walking distance along a street network which is an increase from the data collected the year before. Better management of urban growth is required to guarantee sustainable urbanisation since between 2000 and 2014 the space occupied by cities increased 1.28 times faster than their populations. Additionally, around 2 billion people do not have access to waste collection services and 3 billion people lack access to controlled waste disposal facilities. 
However, on the more positive side, as of 2019, 150 countries had developed national urban policies to respond to the challenges of urbanisation, such as the ones discussed in SDG 11, and around half of them had already begun to implement them, so although there is still a lot to be done, there are signs of willingness to address these issues around the world. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues, so each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the Department of Global Communications. This department was established in 1946 to promote global awareness and understanding of the work of the United Nations. They use multiple platforms, including traditional and new media, to communicate the UN's goal of building a better world and solving complex and evolving challenges and build support for the aims and work of the United Nations. The overarching goal can be divided into sub-goals, which are to get the news out, work with the media, engage the public, share knowledge, spotlight issues and build partnerships. And there are three subdivisions within this department. The first subdivision is the News and Media Division, which produces news and features about the UN and its priorities through daily print, audio, television, video, photo, digital and social media content in eight languages. These languages are Arabic, Chinese, English, French, Kiswahili, Portuguese, Russian and Spanish, and an increasing amount of content is also available in Hindi. Information produced by this department is used by the media, NGOs, the private sector and individuals and so they pride themselves on generating timely, accurate, impartial and freely available information about the United Nations activities. The second subdivision is the Outreach Division which aims to build support for the UN through dialogue with civil society, the entertainment industry, media, academia, educators, students and libraries. For example, they encourage creative partnerships between the media and the UN and produce learning materials and organise educational events for students, teachers, academics and the public. The third subdivision is the Strategic Communications Division, which manages a global network of 60 UN information centres around the world which engage and mobilise people in over 80 languages. Their communications campaign service covers issues related to peace and security, sustainable development, Palestine, decolonization, and human rights, and Africa, and they hope that effective communication will enable the UN to achieve its overarching goals. There were three international days this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue, and if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Tuesday the 28th of July was World Hepatitis Day. The WHO marks this day as an opportunity to engage the public in this issue and step up national and international efforts to achieve the goal of global elimination of hepatitis by 2030, since hepatitis B and C kill around 1.3 million people each year. The low coverage of testing and treatment is the most important obstacle to achieving this goal. The theme for this year is Hepatitis Free Future which focuses on preventing hepatitis B among mothers and newborns. And to mark this, the WHO released new recommendations on the prevention of mother-to-child transmission of this virus. Thursday the 30th of July was the International Day of Friendship. The UN emphasises that friendship between peoples, countries, 
cultures and individuals can inspire peace efforts and build bridges between communities, and the UN encourages governments, international organisations and civil society to promote a dialogue to facilitate solidarity, mutual understanding and reconciliation. Thursday was also the World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. Human trafficking is a serious crime and a grave violation of human rights, and yet every year thousands of people are trafficked within or between countries. Women and girls account for over 70% of the detected human trafficking victims, and almost every country in the world is affected by human trafficking as either a country of origin, transit or destination for victims. This year's focus is on the first responders to human trafficking, such as law enforcement officers, social workers, healthcare professionals and NGO staff, who work around the world to identify, support, counsel and seek justice for victims of trafficking and challenge the impunity of traffickers. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mention particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Tuesday, a lot was discussed in the Security Council. They talked about the situation in the Central African Republic, in Cyprus, in West Africa and in the Middle East. On Tuesday, the UN Palestinian Rights Committee also hosted the International Conference on the Question of Jerusalem in collaboration with the Organisation of Islamic Cooperation. On Wednesday, the Security Council discussed the situation in Syria and the permanent missions of Germany and the Dominican Republic hosted an event entitled Helping Venezuela Confront a Humanitarian Emergency Amid the COVID-19 Pandemic. And on Thursday, to mark the World Day Against Trafficking in Persons, there was a high-level virtual event to draw attention to the crucial roles played by a range of groups of people engaged in identifying, supporting, counselling and seeking justice for victims of trafficking and challenging the impunity of traffickers. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN Insights and News. See you then! Ashley's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Brooklyn Radio.